Hey everyone, welcome to another week of the Delay a Game podcast. It's Wildcard Weekend. How are you Woo-hoo. feeling, Mr. Witt? You got a team in the playoffs. Fuck oh you. man. Oh, don't be a hater. Don't be a hater. I know it's in your blood, but dude, I'm so excited. I can't wait. Like you you wait six months for football to roll back around just for this opportunity to get into the dance. I'm there and I am I'm all in, dude. That's what it's all about. Playoffs. The whole season long. I'm trying to explain it to Brooklyn. It's like, you really play the whole season just to get to this point. That's what's the matter, is to get to that next step of the fucking playoffs. Yeah, and it's like, when you're trying to explain it to your kid, it's like, yeah, we only see six months of their work, but then they've got months in the offseason that we don't see. That they're training, eating right. Like, so much goes into an opportunity to play a week, I guess, 19 now, week 19 game. Which is win or go home. There's nothing more exciting. Four games. That's all you got to do now. It's a new season, essentially. Win four times in a row. You get the Super Bowl. Oh, there's nothing more exciting, dude. I'm so excited. I'm, I'm here. I'm ready. I'm all in. Let's ready to go. Talk football. Let's go, bitches. Yeah. I've been saying that a bunch like last week, too. The girls are like, what's that? I was just like, you know, it's just something to do. It's fun. Get all psyched <laughs> up. Ready. That's right. And then if you, they ever question you, you'd be like, you know what? You can't go. <laughs> you can't. Too bad. You don't watch football. <laughs> Speaking of some football, let's get into last week's games. What a crazy week 18 final week we had. Some really fun ones, just like I talked yeah. about. I just want to, we wasn't on the docket, but how much fun was that Washington Giants game? <laughs> we saw some of the worst coaching decisions of all time by the giants so i just want to bring that up shit on them for one second i do love the fact and i'm hoping that you can add it later this ain't some clown show organization something else where joe judge goes on records and says that this team is not a clown show i don't think he knows what a clown show is then no he's never been to the circus apparently he has a very (laughs) wrong idea of what that is it's the new york not giants new york barnum and bailey circus that's exactly what they are right now. <laughs> this is off atrocious. topic, but they are terrible. Truly terrible. I don't know how he has a job when everyone else got fired. Yeah. 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 I mean, it makes perfect sense. I mean, you got rid of your GM. Now was the time to do it. I, mean, I guess if he gave Gettleman three years, or John Mara, the owner, gave Gettleman three years, he's going to give Joe Judge like 10. Like, <laughs> he's clearly willing just to keep around the worst people. But into the games we want to talk about, the first one, it's a huge one, big upset happened. San Francisco and the LA Rams. I think it's a game we both predicted. Yeah, so it was only an upset for people who don't listen to us. We had a feeling that this could happen. And God damn it, again, we were right. Like always, people. Yeah, man, I got to just say, this week 18 was exciting on so many levels like all the games mattered all the implications and we've got just a lineup of great games but to talk about this san francisco game how wild is it that jimmy garoppolo somehow finds a way to keep this keep his team in it like he tries to give it away but he finds a way to keep them going and then win the game he did his best jimmy g in the beginning yeah two picks wasn't playing great then they come back. They find a way in the second half to score 21 to tie it up. That crazy. Is, yeah, I was going to say crazy. Then is Matt Stafford doing his Matt Staffordness to tank, to yeah. fold under pressure? I want to say no, but that interception in overtime, it it felt very reminiscent of Matt Stafford from Detroit. And it was I, a- I don't, I don't know. It was an offense that largely didn't do a ton. He only threw for 240. But he had three touchdowns. I mean, Cooper Cup, again, went off. He had like 116 yards or some shit. Like Cooper Cup is always a stud. I mean, I get what you're saying that Stafford didn't go off the rails like with the yards and all that stuff, but he did enough. I mean, you look at Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, his numbers were high, his yardage numbers, but so was his interception numbers. You know, yeah, I was – oh, go ahead. Oh, it's going to say it's what we're kind of, I think, peak Jimmy Garoppolo form is that he threw for 300, over 300 in a touchdown, but then you get the two picks to go with it. He never has that nice, clean game that you're hoping for. Yeah, and I saw the perfect analogy. Everyone was talking about the resilience of 
of Jimmy Garoppolo to will this team back, right? It's like giving an arsonist credit for putting out the fire he started. (laughs) (laughs) That's the perfect analogy. Like, they wouldn't have been in that position if it weren't for him. Did you see that pick by by Jalen Ramsey? He threw it in, like, triple coverage to Mm. George Kittle. It was an an awful read. I'm not surprised, though. So, I don't think it... I don't think it silences the critics about Jimmy Garoppolo. If anything, it says a lot more about the resilience of that team in spite of him. I think that's the right take. We know who Jimmy G is at this point. He's Mm -hmm. not going to do more. It's like Jared Goff. We know who they are. If that's enough for you, then that's fine. But they're not going to be a top 10, top half, really. They're kind of that next like mediocre tier, maybe that uh, right outside the top group of people like kind of can play quarterback for you. But, you know, they're going to fuck up at times. And we're going to be talking about, you know, mediocre to, to average to, to great quarterback play a little bit later. But you're, you're right when you say that it, it falls on this team. Like, you know what you're going to get out of him. And you just have to do your best to fight either against that current or with it sometimes. How impressive, impressive was that San Francisco defense, though? Five oh. sacks. Held the Rams to 265. That's nuts. I want to say Cam Akers, their big pick uh, in the draft. I know he just came back from the injury, but he had like five yards on two rushes or something like that. Three yards. Oh, three three rushes. On five rushes. Shit. 0.6 yards a carry. I mean, I know Sonny Michelle. Sonny Michelle had like 65 yards, but it, it was not anything you would expect from a Sean McVay team. But I think his... His identity has changed. He used to be all about the run with Tyler Gurley. Now it's all in on the pass. They've had to do that because they haven't had their running backs to do it. And then we have typically seen when they can't run the ball, their play action game doesn't work as well. And they don't throw as well. Yeah. Well, and I get that you have to adapt, right? If you don't have a running game, you have to rely on your passing game. But if you're relying on your passing game or engineered by Matt Stafford, late in the fourth in a game you need to win at that point that it makes me really nervous feels like we're starting to see cracks in the team that a lot of people were considering a top nfc team they've really fallen these last couple weeks and that's not what you want heading into the playoffs you want to be getting hot not getting cold momentum is very real and we talked about this a few episodes ago i think but Interdivisional matchups are always hard. Do you think maybe that was that this was just a a, a one off because of the interdivisional matchup, and we won't see the same thing? But if that's the case, he plays the Cardinals next week, another divisional ranked team, another so, interdivisional game. Like, so oof. I guess maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. Oh, they're getting cold. It feels that way. They've won five out of their six coming into this one, so they were on a win streak but they weren't being dominant i guess is what it was like they beat the vikings by seven they only barely beat the ravens beat the seahawks by 10 and only scored 20 so you think on the seahawks you're going to do better but again interdivision game always harder regardless of how shitty the team is yeah i mean and you're talking about this team where you, you like you said in the beginning they were supposed to be world beaters now I'm with you. This is you're going in the opposite direction in regards to momentum. And if we're talking about those five wins, they weren't impressive, and it wasn't because of Stafford mostly. They were paying some. Some of them were just inferior teams. It's really not what you want going into the playoffs, but we'll see. Now, a team that I predicted wasn't going to make the playoffs. I believe I called their record exactly right. Was the L.A. Chargers? Let's talk about what happened with them against the Raiders. Uh, you did. And that one hurt me. That one hurt me. I I have a lot of thoughts on that game and Brandon Staley. We're going to get to all that later. But first and foremost, Justin Herbert, that dude threw 65 passes. And we're talking about on ropes, like through keyholes. Some of those passes, they were shooting out of his hand. Like that kid is a talent. We were talking about it right after the game. Yeah, he has a cannon for an arm. I don't know if it's as much as Mahomes, but it's damn close. He it's got to be close. 
crossfield throws like they're nothing. Where usually you would think the defender can make a great play on it. No other, or sorry, very few other quarterbacks can make those throws that he can do. And he's just making them look easy. Yeah, there was uh, one play. I want to say it was they were driving to try and tie the game at the end. It was fourth and nine. And there was like, it's like a bracket coverage uh, on Mike Williams. And he just threads it beautifully. Like you, you couldn't have asked for a perfectly, a more perfectly placed ball. Like it was a thing of beauty. He's like got, that kid is, is is insane. He's got great accuracy to go with that great arm. He is going to be awesome for a long time. We yeah. were talking to. I think he's like the next Rogers. He's going to step up to be that guy who gets it exactly where he needs to be. He's got like the best arm. He's probably going to be the next mm. next best arm. Not necessarily the best athlete like say Mahomes, but. If you look at his arm, where he can get the ball and how accurate he is, he's got a deadly combination of all that. Oh, absolutely. And the thing that they need to worry about most, in my opinion, in this offseason is finding a way to re-sign Mike Williams. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Mike Williams, he has blown up this season. He went off for like 119 yards on nine receptions. But the one touchdown that he had was the game-tying touchdown. Like It was a huge moment, and he delivered he definitely has shed his bust title because coming into this season, they definitely weren't re-signing him. He wasn't coming back. Who knows if anybody else was giving him much of a chance. And now he's put together an amazing season. He might have taken over as the number one for Keenan Allen, at least for stretches. Oh, yeah. I mean, you have to choose which one of those guys you're going to double cover because they both weren't the, the rolling coverage. They're talented guys who can take the top off of any defense so to talk about the other team we have to eat crow a little bit we gave them tons of shit said we're gonna be a team no one's gonna remember about come the end of the season the raiders found a way to give us a big fuck you it's true it's true and you have you got to give it up to rich Masaccio, right it, it would have been very easy for this team to fold but they stuck it out Derek Carr has kept them in games. Josh Jacobs ran for like 132 yards on the, in that I like, game. I like how in this win streak, they really found a way to get him involved. Mm-hmm. I feel like for a long time, he was very underutilized. Well, I think he was hurt for a little bit of the year. Like, I don't think he was available every game, but you're right, though. They were having a hard time incorporating him into their uh, into the fold. But these last couple of games, you're right. They've been able to really feed him the ball, and it's showing because they're winning these close games. We talked about the Raiders' interim head coach. I can never remember how to say his name right, so I'm going to let you say I got you. Rich Passaccia. Rich Passaccia. We talked about him. You know, Should he be kept on? I think he's making a strong case. Damn strong yeah. case. I, even if they don't win next week, or um, it'll be this week now, but even if they don't win, I think you have to give him at least a real look. The way I know they haven't said anything yet because they're still in season mode, right? But he, he's got to have at least an opportunity to interview for that position. Absolutely. He better because he's kept them together through a lot of adversity. They've dealt it's with true. a lot this year. And other than the actual issues themselves, you haven't heard about like the team falling apart and you've seen it on the field mm-hmm. where they're playing really harder every week. It seems like. Oh yeah. In, in a season where we talk about and criticize coaches and for how they manage the game clock and their, I guess, inability to have a feel for the game, Rich Passaccia, he knew the moment he knew no matter what was going to happen, we're getting into the postseason, and he wasn't going to take any chances. Now, if it wasn't for an ill-advised timeout, <laughs> there's a good chance that he was just going to be perfectly content walking away with a tie and getting into the postseason. Like, you've got to appreciate a guy who understands the moment as your coach. And then you've got to appreciate a guy who is willing to then say, hey, look, we got a chance here to kick our divisional team out of the playoffs, uh-huh. literally kick them out. Hey, let's go ahead and do it. I'm sure our team will love it. That's the killer mentality we talk about. He was willing to to walk away and let everybody get into the postseason. But when the opportunity presented itself, he snuffed them out. Like you got to appreciate that. And I love the uh, the the uh, the audio bit that you've seen from 
Justin Herbert saying, I've never wanted a tie so bad. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, oh, yeah. See, yeah. Playing for a tie. We're not fans of that at all. Play to win. And he fucking did that. Like, he was ready to take the tie, but he's like, you know what? Fuck that shit. I'm going all in. He went balls deep to the hilt. <laughs> I mean, I definitely get in that situation when it was towards the, you know, overtime was dwindling. You just say, fuck it. We'll go to the playoffs regardless. But then that's what I would have done in Madden too. Like if I was playing Madden and it was like, oh, well, it's going to be not an issue. And then Mm -hmm. my opponent did something like that. I'd be like, well, fuck you. (laughs) Thank you for the opportunity. I'm going to go ahead and kick this bitch. Dude, again, another one of those games where it came down to the wire, another exciting game. I, it was, again, it's a it, it it's a, a week. theme we've seen. Like, the, all these games are just so good and so much fun to watch. And I'm going to use that to segue into this next game. It's the Tennessee Titans versus the Houston Texans. Before we talk about it, I know that the Titans won. That mm-hmm. we, we saw that coming. Let's give credit to the Texans. They you hung know, in there. Exactly. They've actually been doing that more than we would have expected. I'm looking at the numbers. Davis Mills, 23 for 33, three touchdowns, 300 yards. That's a rookie doing that to one of the top defenses in the league. In a weak year for rookie quarterbacks, is he the most impressive? I think we talked about it a couple weeks ago. It seems to me that for every reason in this situation, he is the guy who's been stepping up the most as a rookie quarterback. You're not wrong. People can make the argument of Mac Jones, but I would say that Mac Jones has more to work with than Davis Mills. And he has a team that's committed to running the ball typically and not mm-hmm. putting the pressure on him. In this situation, Mills had to carry it on his shoulder the second half. I'm sure yeah. all they were doing is throwing. They ran the ball 17 times total. Mm-hmm. So it was really Mills who carried them. How hard is well, that when you're down that much? Thank you. To be playing from behind or playing against a superior opponent, I'd say 15 weeks out of an 18-week season, for them to continue to put together these games and put on good tape, it's very encouraging for a rookie quarterback going into this next year. Has to be. Yeah, it seems like they found a guy who's at least, let's roll next year and see what happens. Let's put some more talent around him and see what he can do. Give David Coley another season with him. I definitely would. For sure. I mean, we went into this saying that David Coley was a, a stopgap. He wasn't the guy you actually wanted. But it's going to be hard to take away what he's been able to do with nothing. Yeah, with literally nothing at this point. So let me ask you this then. Okay, you've seen Davis Mills. I think he had like a, a 66 completion percentage through the season, right? Mm-hmm. Do you feel comfortable enough rolling into next season with him? Knowing that you're going to get a draft haul for Deshaun Watson whenever that comes through. You're going to get a ton of picks. I think so. I would say, you know, if you found a diamond in the rough, you know, a later round pick, I think he was, wasn't super late by any means, like a second or third, right? I want to say it was a second round. Yeah. So if you can do that and then roll, turn him into a starting quarterback, that is worth his weight in gold. It's true. It's true. Because then you get him on the cheap and you build around him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A couple That's- years on a good contract. That's the goal of all of these franchises. And to think that there's a chance that of all of them, the Texans may have figured it out or found that, that's huge for them. I would guess it's more they got lucky with it, but yeah. Yeah. So, again, we know that the Texans or the Titans won that game. We expected the Titans to win that game. Tannehill played really well. But mm-hmm. I think of all of that, a lot of credit has to be given for the moral victory to the Titans or to the Texans. Yeah. For sure. Tannehill, you kind of expect him to. The Texans, we know, has a bad defense. It was nice to see him really show up, though, and get 287 with four touchdowns. He's been, I think, a little bit quieter. But it's good to see another good game, especially going into that playoff run. Of course, they get the the bye week. They stayed at number one. We were not expecting that. We weren't. And I thought for sure they were going to give it up whenever uh, when Davis Mills took them down to score to take it with bring it within three. I, I thought for sure, like, oh, man, we're going to watch them completely fold. But no, you got to appreciate it. And when you're talking about uh, Ryan Tannehill, everything's always a caveat, right? Yeah, he's good, but he's got Derrick Henry. He hasn't had him for a majority of the season. He's kept that team on the tracks. 
we thought the wheels were going to fall off and they were just going to slowly descend, you know, down from number one and just kind of go down the ranks into the playoffs, expect them to keep it, but, you know, be a wild card team. No, he's kept them number one. That's incredibly impressive. Yeah. Considering the situation. So, Hey, I'm excited to see who they're going to face in the divisional round. I mean, there's some really good teams in the AFC. So we'll see if uh, Derrick Henry can, can come back and propel that team into the championship game. But for now, it was an awesome it was an awesome game all around for both teams. So then the last game we're gonna talk about. <laughs> Matt, Matt's already laughing. He's already got a grin on his face. Last game we're gonna talk about. Indianapolis Colts versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> Fuck it. Matt, you sir, I've I've been putting it off for some time now. You do have a beautiful mind. You said it. You absolutely said it last week that this could happen. It could. I don't know what's wrong with them. They must just hate being in Jacksonville because it's a shitty city, but they can't win there. We talked about how they haven't historically won for years and years. And then it happened again. How (laughs) the fuck does it keep happening? I don't understand it. I, I really don't. And you watch that game and you're thinking, okay, Superior team is the Colts. Conventional wisdom tells me that they're going to run the ball and they're not going to throw a whole lot. Well, they tried to run the ball, but Jonathan Taylor only got like 70 yards, 77 yards. What? This was an anomaly to me. How is Jacksonville the team that stops Jonathan Taylor? The man has been <laughs> running for like 150 a game and then he can barely get to 50 yards. Yeah. It's insane what happened. Okay, sorry, he got 77, so he got a little bit more. But he got like half of what he normally got. The guy was normally unstoppable, and they kind of stopped him. Like, they maybe should have kept going. No, no, don't Don't walk it back, Matt. You're right. They did stop him. For a guy who was averaging 130, 150, or whatever it was, and you only stopped him to 77, yeah, they stopped him. That's true. That's fair. That's right. Yeah, don't walk that shit back. Oh, goodness. What is going on with the Indianapolis? You win and get in to Jacksonville, and you can't do it. We said it, though. If you can't do it, you don't deserve to be in. 100%. It should be a prerequisite that if you get into the playoffs, you need to beat teams like Jacksonville. So, Buffalo, consider yourselves lucky. Okay? I, I don't understand what happened to this team or how this this debacle took place, but you have to look to the guys under center. There is a clear difference between the two quarterbacks operating their respective teams. Wentz. We're going to talk more about him, so I don't want to spoil all of our thoughts. <laughs> but he had not a very good game. Let's just put it at that. I would concur. In, I saw the perfect thing on Twitter to sum up uh, Carson Wentz as a quarterback. They had this one play where he... he I want to say it was probably a good 30, 40 yard post, middle of the field, over the defender, dropped it in the bucket. It was gorgeous. And then another play where he looks like he's trying to throw like an out pattern, but there's two defenders covering his guy. And he just throws it right to the defender. Like, what the hell? <laughs> oh. Like that Jekyll and Hyde shit, you can't, you can't deal. Yeah, that's that middle, not very good of that, of the group pack mentality is where you see. Some really good, which is what keeps them around. But then you see some really bad. Wentz, it, it's real Jimmy bad. G, Goff. They have moments where they're real good and the moments when they're real bad. Well, so then look at the other side. The other quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, you expect him to not be able to do a whole lot because he doesn't have a whole lot around him. But he goes out and he outduels Carson Wentz. The number two overall pick gets beat by the number one overall pick. And he makes it look convincing. This was a good game for him. I feel like they need some momentum with everything that's happened in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. So it's nice. It's feel good at least. Get a win. Close out your season that way. He hasn't had a bad season by rookie quarterback ranks stats wise. It hasn't been number one pick, but it's been okay. But that's the problem with being the number one pick. That means you're going to the worst team in NFL history or in the NFL, right? So you got to caveat his numbers to that. Now, what I will say is if they're able to land Byron Leftwich, have a good draft, this kind of win 
is the kind of thing that you can build off of into next season. It's a quality win. A team, yeah. you were beating a team that was desperately trying to get into the playoffs. Well, I don't know actually how much they were desperately trying, but they should have been. They should have been. They were in the playoffs. All they had to do was win. So they should have been. Is take care of business and you couldn't. Pretty terrible oh. on Indianapolis. Pretty great feeling for the Jacks, especially when it's in division, right? Getting yes. to just kick them over, kick them down, stomp on them, beat them up. Be like, you're going home just like we are. At the end of the day, you did better, but guess what? We get the better draft pick, and we're both watching the playoffs. It's true. I assume it's kind of like our own divisional rivals, right? Like the Cowboys and the Redskins. So, yeah, the Redskins weren't going to win or whatever. Or yeah, the Cowboys were going to win, but we beat you, and that's enough for us. It makes like, things a lot better. It really does. It your really division does. Opponent, which is another great thing about this schedule with the division games at the end, because then – if that was just some random team that they didn't care about, they wouldn't care as much, right? But you beat a division team, kept them uh-huh. out of the playoffs. How fantastic is that for Jacksonville fans? It's like punching above your weight or asking out the hottest girl in school and her saying yes. Or at the very least saying, let me get back to you. Like <laughs> it, It's a good feeling. And I, I'm telling you, man, as a football fan, you love to see it. It was great. All right, well, that... I rounds up last week's games. What a on some of our... It's three o'clock in the afternoon. How much have you had to drink? Not nearly enough. Clearly. What is happening? Like, what is I need to be on? drinking. You need to be <laughs> drinking. Like these days beat us down. Okay. And talking to you yeah. guys are the things that make us feel good and makes and brings us back to baseline. It's really the one joy I have right now during the week with Washington doing so bad. Is then talking about football with you guys. Boom. Okay, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead, head and bring us into our next segment. I was just going to go over our thoughts from that week. The big one, everyone's talking about it, is Brandon Staley a genius or is he off his rocker? <sighs> that is a double-edged sword, right? I just looked it up. The Chargers are ranked fourth and fourth down conversions they've gotten 22 out of 34 so the idea isn't crazy that he would go for it right i don't know i I, what do you think so we talked about it right the other week know the spot you're in i think that's huge but i love the idea of like we're just going to keep going for it until We get used to it because that's kind of what I talked about, right? You got to really do it over and over and over again to get everyone used to doing it. You get those nerves down. It becomes second nature to you that, oh, yeah, of course we go for it on fourth down. I'm not going to false start because I'm so you know worried about getting everything just right. It's just another play. Yeah, but fourth and two on your 18. Okay. That's not just another play. That's not. (laughs) That one is not. That one's a little bit crazier to me. I saw one of those analytics stat guys on Twitter who's like, it was the right call. It was a 3% more chance to win. I still don't know where those numbers are coming from. How many situations like that? Well, I'm sorry, did you say 3% more? More than punting. So it was a 44% chance if he had made it or failed, I guess. And then okay. a 41% chance of winning if you punted. So like, it was a slightly better chance for going for it. Where are you getting that from? How many times have we seen this happen on fourth and one on the 18 when you're down I, by three? That's crazy. So the difference between punting and going for it is 3%. Well, if it's only 3%, fuck that shit. I, condoms have better <laughs> have better <laughs> rates than that. I'm not, for the life of me, I am not. Unless it's you're on the last drive, you got to win. But at that point, I want to see it was like the – Second or third quarter, there was still plenty of football left. You did not have to do that. They didn't get it, and it led to six points. Yeah, I think it was early in the third. There was a ton of time left. Yeah, I, I don't. Again, I don't know where the math comes from. So I'm the type of person I would want to see. Like, how are you determining this? I don't just trust some random person's Twitter analysis. You know, they have a algorithm that says, "Oh, this is it." We haven't seen enough to really know. I don't think at this point, but we need coaches doing it consistently and then that'll tell us out so brandon staley is our lab rat our experiment <laughs> hopefully for the charges it works out but 
We will okay, see. so then I'm gonna I'm gonna kick it back to you. So, is he a genius, or is he just a guy not recognizing what's going on in front of him? Ooh, that's tough. We both like him yes. as a coach. We like his 100%. personality. I think that's a big part of it. Is you know you trust the system that you're bringing in. So I think his system is we're going to not be afraid. We're going to be aggressive. We're going to go for it. Like how many times have they gone for it on fourth and long? And we've seen them get it third I mean, and 20. They get it. They're yeah. not scared. That final drive. He, I want to say they went six for six on fourth down. So I think it's a mentality in that you're like, well, we're going to do it. Walk the walk every time. Right. We're going to keep it going every time. I love that. That being said, I think on the 18, is a little bit much. Maybe on that situation, you go, you know what? We're going to trust our defense on this one. Let's punt it. We'll get the ball back. And then we'll mm-hmm. hopefully be a little bit more aggressive when it's a little bit more advantageous for us. Okay. All right. Well, so then if we're talking about his decisions to go for it, do we want to maybe talk about his clock management or lack thereof in that overtime? He inexplicably called a timeout with 38 seconds left as the Raiders looked perfectly content running it down. And then he tried to walk it back by saying he had to change his personnel grouping when they were just going to let the clock go out anyway. Thank you. I think he's in his head maybe too much. And that's rookie head coaches do that often though, Mm -hmm. right? How many times do they blunder a timeout or throw a challenge flag when they're not supposed to? Because it's just so much you're doing as a head coach. Yeah. So I want to say that's more, I'm a rookie head coach who has also very little, even like, defensive coordinator experience it was pretty oh. uh shallow on experience wise so i'm gonna i'm gonna chalk it up to that hopefully okay so then i i correct me if i'm wrong taking from what you said you think he's a genius who just needs time yes i'm gonna go with that i was working out in this mind of mine <laughs> <laughs> beautiful minding it what am i willing to commit to sure i think that's probably what's going to play out Okay. All right. Well, then we're going to put that one down in the books, close it up, on to the next topic. So we talked about this guy already, Jimmy Garoppolo. Huge matchup in Dallas coming up this week. Do you trust that he's not going to burn the house down? I don't trust Jimmy G at all. We've kind of (laughs) talked about my thoughts already. (laughs) I said he's in that mediocre group of quarterbacks. So I looked at the numbers and his numbers are pretty average between because we were talking about like interdivisional games, right? Mm-hmm. His numbers against division opponents, it's slightly, just slightly better than playing against the other NFL teams. I want to say he's like 257. He averages in yards within the division, 252 outside of the division. Gotcha. The, uh, yeah, the touchdown ratio is about the same. So I have to believe that he's going to do a or have a worse performance against the Cowboys than he had against the uh, the LA Rams just because he knows them so well, knows their scheme so well. Doesn't play the Cowboys that often. I don't think you can have a good game. So no, I don't fucking trust him either. I don't trust him at all. It's more my mind. It's, is it Shanahan? Can he set up a game plan that makes it easy on him? I would just try to run the ball and feed Debo Samuel easy throws that he can then try to do something with. We've seen him be able to take the ball and go with it. I would just do little passes to him, essentially run plays out to Debo Samuel, let him try to do shit, or just run the ball as much as you can, and then try to limit Garoppolo's ability to fuck everything up for you. Whoever, Whoever we need to talk to, get this to Jimmy Garoppolo immediately. You let Debo Samuel be the yacht guy that he is. Get him the ball early and often. That's going to be your best chance for success. If you're not going to run the ball, which I don't anticipate them not doing, but just get it into your playmaker's hands. Don't try to hold it too long. Don't try to do too much. But I I don't see him doing that. I just don't. No, I don't have a lot of trust in him either. Now, go ahead. No, no, no. You were about to say something. Go ahead. I was going to roll on to our next topic. Did you have anything else you wanted to say about Jimmy G? Not so much Jimmy G, but we're going to talk about it a little bit later. So I'm going to hold off my thoughts on that. Okay. 
Okay. Okay. So another quarterback that we also kind of shit on earlier, Carson Wentz. India gave up quite a bit to give him, especially since he started all the games. One of those picks went up to a first. Your thoughts on the Carson Wentz experience, experiment, whatever you want to call it. So I want to give you a comparison here. Two quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to use names just yet. Quarterback number one, 67 completion percentage, 3,500 yards, 22 touchdowns. Okay. The second quarterback, 62% completion percentage, 3,500 yards, 27 touchdowns. Okay. Between those two, which one would you want? The guy with the higher completion percentage? They have the, the same yardage. Mm-hmm. And then right? the one had more touchdowns, though? Yeah, one had, the second guy had more touchdowns. Who had more interceptions? Oh, they both had seven interceptions. I'll take the guy with more touchdowns then. Okay. So then you're talking about Carson Wentz. Okay. Carson Wentz, that's who you want to take, which I can understand. The other guy with the better completion percentage is Case Keenum. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> yeah. So the reason why I use that is because that 2007 team or 2017 team with Case Keenum was primarily a run-based team, just like Carson Wentz and the Indianapolis Colts. But so. what I did, what I left out though was they both had seven interceptions, but Carson Wentz had uh, eight fumbles. Damn. So 15 turnovers. Yeah. Yep. So I think that shows pretty strongly that that's a big old F. That is an Carson F Wentz. grade. That is an F grade, 100%. That is not something you give up a first and like a third round pick for. Yeah. Mm, not at all. You're you're telling me I can get the same production from an undrafted free agent than I could get out of a guy who cost me a first round pick? Like, yeah, that's absolutely enough. I, I don't think you can, if you could go less than enough, I would give that grade less than enough. It was real bad. I mean, I guess he outplayed Heineke. I was trying to look him up. I was like, and he was an undrafted free agent. He got 3,420 yard touchdowns and 15 picks. So I was like, a little bit better than that, but for a first and a third to get a little bit better than an undrafted guy who missed a game or two for injury. Okay, but mm. I wouldn't even I wouldn't even use the Heineke uh, comparison. The only reason I say that is they aren't the same team. True. Heineke doesn't have the same offensive line. He doesn't have the same run game, right? So to say the to compare those two, it kind of skews in Wentz's favor, in my opinion. Or it skews against him because he has all those and he only barely outplayed him. Yeah, there you go. That's just another piece of evidence to support that that was a bad trade. Bad trade. And they they don't have an answer in the offseason. This quarterback class isn't great. The free agent pool outside of Deshaun Watson, a lot to be desired. They're, fu- they're stuck with him. I think it shows so much of how important it is at getting the guy at the right price. Because uh-huh. if you had gotten him for just a, a third or like a fourth, something lower pick for him, you don't feel so bad. It's like, well, it was, you know, it retried. It didn't really work. We didn't lose a ton to lose yeah. a first round pick, though, for a guy who, you now know, you're like, he's not going to be the dude. And he's not getting us into the playoffs. That sucks ass. Like, that's terrible. Exactly. I can't think that there was a bunch of other franchises banging on the Eagles door trying to offer up first-round talent for Carson Wentz. Just think if they have you know, spent a little bit extra and got Matt Stafford. Boom. I mean, and we we shit on Matt Stafford, but our eyes and the analytics will tell you that he, Matt Stafford is better than Carson Wentz. <laughs> That's easy. He's almost at 5,000 yards, throwing a ton of touchdowns. Mm-hmm. It's a different offense for sure, but he would be doing very well if he had Jonathan Taylor as his running back. Oh, absolutely. We wouldn't be talking about them watching the postseason from the couch. I can tell you that much. Not at all. So crazy. I was hopeful. I thought it was going to be a good match. But again, at what price is always important. How much does this cost? They paid too much. It's true. It's true. Okay. Well, then that brings us into the last topic of this segment. The Seattle Seahawks, do you think that they can carry the momentum of this last run of theirs into next season? They beat the Cardinals, but I don't feel like the Cardinals had a ton to play for. 
Um, oh, well, they were playing for their division title. Didn't they win it even with the Rams? No, I think the Rams ended up winning the division. Didn't they? No, no. The Rams lost the division because they lost to the 49ers as well. So Rams had one and Cardinals if lost. The Rams, exactly. That's right. No, the Rams did. All right. So I don't know. I don't feel like they're going to have a lot of momentum. They beat the Lions. Oh, whoop de doo Like you beat the pants <laughs> off of them, sure. But it's the Lions. Okay. Fair enough. So, My only thought process, though, is Rashad Penny, the way he's been running the last five games, four of his last five games, he's gone over 100 yards, averaging roughly about 134, 135, something like that. So if you can push that into the next season, have a good offseason and a good draft, potentially this team could be right back in the thick of the hunt next year. I guess if Russell Wilson gets back to what we typically expect from him, because they've leaned on Rashad Penny because he hasn't been playing all that great since he got injured, but he did get injured. So maybe that's affecting him quite a bit. And then they found a way to win by running the ball like crazy with Penny. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, I guess that could, if Wilson comes back, say pre this year's, like his way he's played. It's true. But I mean, we also, I think we've got some shows planned where we are going to talk about potential departures and i think russell wilson might be on that list so if he leaves who are they gonna have as quarterback then or there's just gonna yep. be one of these teams that run the ball 40 times the and then play defense that they don't really have <laughs> i love that defense yeah. yeah i mean that definitely throws a hink in everything if russell wilson departs but we'll see what happens with that I- i'm curious It'll be an interesting watch for sure. I mean, Russell Wilson with Lockett and Metcalf, and then if you have a legit running back, will keep you in a lot of games. Like a healthy Wilson with a legit running back, what they've been missing for a while. Outside of the defense. A lot of defense. (laughs) Yeah, but you would score quite a few points with a healthy Wilson, Rashad Penny running wild, and then opening things up for Lockett and Metcalf deep. No, that's true. I mean, best way to to help your defense is to keep them off the field. There you go. So maybe, but I don't have a lot of faith. We talked about needing to rebuild. I'm going to stand on that table still. They need to rebuild. I don't know. All right. Okay. So then that brings us into our last section, guys. Wild card weekend predictions. Let's go. (laughs) Let's fucking go. So without further ado. Game one, we're gonna go Las Vegas Raiders versus the Cincinnati Bengals. Who you like? Who you like, Matt? Ooh. Raiders are coming. We talked about them. They've been kind of hot lately. I'm a pretty big fan of the Cincinnati Bengals, though. I accurately predicted. Oh God, here we go. Them winning the AFC North. Okay. You said it would take a beautiful mind to see through and see who to win. I predicted that like four <laughs> weeks ago. They only lost this week because they sat their starters, or a lot of them, and they still almost beat the Browns. Well, they're the Browns. Cincinnati. Okay. Well, I agree with you. I'm going Cincinnati as well. It was a toss-up, though. I really like the defensive line for the Raiders. It is really good. If you can't get to Burrow, they're going to tear them apart. So, uh, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I think with the weapons they have in Cincinnati, you know, you hope they're going to do some quick game passes and get it out. And, you know, it's a good way to, to slow down the pass rushes. If you start throwing the ball quickly, then they have to start thinking, oh, do I need to jump up? You get in their heads. So I anticipate that they're just going to be able to do just enough to get ahead of the Raiders. All right. There we go. Game two, the trilogy. Oh. Buffalo Bills against Patriots. Where are we at? I think. This one, it's tough for sure. Like, I want it to be the Bills because I put a bet on them, which I think I've mentioned a bunch for them to win. I feel like it's going to be the Patriots, though. They've shown that they're willing to just run the ball against the Buffalo, and Buffalo doesn't do a great job at stopping the run. Okay. All right. Well, I think you're right that they've shown that they have no problem running the ball a lot, but you're wrong in the sense that. The Buffalo Bills are going to win this game. Oh. The reason why that is is because the 
only reason they lost to the Patriots the first time around is because it was like Snowmageddon. That's not going to be the case this time around. Unless I haven't checked the weather reports. I know this is in Buffalo, so there's a chance. (laughs) But if there is a, a significant weather event, I don't see any reason that the Buffalo Bills don't just roll past this team onto the divisional round. So I'm going Buffalo. Okay. Well, it's the first one that we're doing differently. I think there's probably going to be others because you like to be wrong. (laughs) All right. I think this next one, though, I would be surprised if we're different. We're going to roll down the list. Tampa Bay versus Philadelphia. Tampa Bay. I'm going Tampa Bay. I don't know if we need to talk about that one a lot. It seems like it's pretty obvious. Yeah, that sounds right. Uh, You don't really need a whole lot of in-depth conversation about that one. Mm -hmm. So the one that you care most about. Dallas for San Francisco. I'm going to let you take a second. I'm going to talk about it first since it's your team. Okay, go for it. Tell you why they're going to be one and done. Okay, tell me which team's one and done. It's going to be the Cowboys, of course. (laughs) They're going to shit the bed. No, I don't know if they're going to shit the bed. I expect the 49ers to do what they did last week. It's going to probably look ugly at first. They're going to come back. They're going to find a way. Jimmy G. I just shit over him. He's going to prove me wrong. He's going to okay. get that win. All right. Well, it seems that both of us are into contradicting ourselves. For as much as we don't trust Jimmy G, we both picked the 49ers to win. Oh. Ah, my Wild card, bitches. <laughs> okay. I'm pulling one of those. This way, I'm happy either way. I get what you're doing. That's right. Page right out of the Matt, uh, Matt Ball school playbook. Let me tell you. It works. Nope. The way I look at it was, okay, Dan Quinn knows Kyle Shanahan's system. He was his OC. But then on this other part of it is Shanahan knows Quinn's system. And I have more faith in Shanahan being able to out-scheme us. So it's unfortunate the Cowboys will be one and done. That is some top-level analysis. Well done. Ugh, that hurts. So, I mean, we've shown a proclivity to be correct when we both... Are picking the team, so can I change my vote? Well. Can I can I change my pick? Can I change my pick? <laughs> Too late. It's already been recorded. <laughs> oh fuck! All right, another I think pretty straightforward one. I bet we're both picking the same team: Pittsburgh and Kansas City. Do we actually have to say it out loud? No, no. it's Kansas City. Okay, yeah, we do have to say it out loud. Yeah, you're right. It is Kansas City. Like it's not even going to be close. No, I feel bad for the Patriots or not Patriots for the Pittsburgh Steelers because this has been Roethlisberger's swan song. But, sorry, it ain't going to happen. Good on them for getting to the playoffs. They are about to be done. Boom. All right. Well, this is another, I think, tough one. Arizona versus the Rams. This is going to be a hard one, but I'm going with the Rams. I think that's one that probably everyone's picking, and that's the only reason I'm going Arizona. I figure there'll be a few of those surprise games where you're like, what the fuck just happened? I think oh. it's going to be Arizona against the Rams. So Even you don't though, feel super confident in that pick? Not at all, no. <laughs> nope. This is more just like a, I've picked a bunch of the favorites on the other ones, so I think this will probably be an upset. Okay. I mean, you're not wrong. I think this is – I can see Arizona winning this game. I really can. The only issue I'm going to – that I can think of – that could stop him from winning this game is Cliff Kingsbury. That's what's he's got me a, nervous. Yeah, he's had his issues lately, so we'll see what happens there. I felt a lot better calling San Francisco to upset the Rams, but you know I'm going to go for it. I'm going for Arizona. I don't have a lot of faith, but I'm going to see what happens. Okay, all right, put it down. It's all it, it's locked in, everybody. Those are our bets for the week. Come back to us whenever we've been right. Right. So that brings us to our last segment, our bets. Oh, okay. We've been saying this for like, what, 12, 13 weeks. We got to go back and tally it up, but the numbers probably support me. I don't think your math is accurate. We know how good I am at quick math. So pretty (laughs) sure I'm going to do just fine, but I'm going to throw the first bet at you. Okay. So. It's Kyler Murray playing Matt Stafford this week. Mm-hmm. Who has the most total touchdowns? Not just throwing, most 
total touchdowns between the two of them, throwing and rushing. Shit, that's a good one. Total touchdowns. I'm gonna give. I'm gonna give Murray the edge. Yeah, I'm gonna say Murray, just because I think Aaron Donald's gonna be creating havoc and he's gonna be running for his life. Get a couple rushing. That's why I put total touchdowns. Yeah, it was like I bet throwing is pretty easy, but total might be tough. Good, well played, sir. Well played, making it harder on me to win this bet. That's the plan. Okay, all right. Well, then, in that same vein, who do you think has a better statistical game, Joe Burrow or Derek Carr? Point of clarification: okay. What is a better game stats-wise? Is that yards, picks, touchdowns, QBR, or is it just like? Kind of when you look at it, you know, okay, that one's the better overall. Okay. I will give you two out of three. They have to be better in three categories. So Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. <laughs> Made it easy. Okay. Joe Burrow. All right. All right. Well, then let's lock those in. So there it goes, guys. That is the show this week. Again, always a blast to talk to you guys. Let us know in your your thoughts, your opinions. Drop us a, a, a subscribe on Apple Podcast. I think we're on Spotify, Anchor. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure we're on Tender, Parlor, <laughs> Grinder. <laughs> pretty much anywhere you want to find us. We are there. Yeah, it's true, guys. Hit us up on Twitter at DeleaPod on Twitter, and we'll be more than happy to interact with you guys. We've had a lot of really fun back and forth with some fans already, so let's keep that train rolling. It's a delay of game pod, just to make sure everyone knows what to look for. We had some what great hot say? takes on the slow coaches. Down, slow down, slow down. What did I say? You said delay of pod. Oh, I think I, I was thinking delay of pot. <laughs> Sorry. My yeah, bad. Pot on the head. It's true. So we delay had some, of game pod. Go ahead. Delay of game pod, yes. I was just going to say, we had some great hot takes going for the coaches, them getting uh, cut. So definitely you want to be on Twitter for all of that. You want to be tweeting at us when we're right or wrong, retweeting all of our genius intakes and insights. And I had a lot of fun with this one. I am so excited for playoff football. We're going to have a lot more fun in the coming weeks too. Exactly. So wildcard edition was fun. Divisional round edition is going to blow the tits off this place. So be ready for that. Be ready. All right, well, this is Matt. Have fun. See you guys. Deuces, bitches.